Okay. So yesterday's daf was um, daf kuf yud dalid, and today is daf kuf tezvav number one fifteen, and uh, we are starting our review at the um, um, at the bottom of the page on daf kuf uh, kuf yud gimel. It was talking about a pasuk. In Yeshaya, about the um, what is the translation of what it, what the pasuk is saying? It's saying v'tachas kvodu yakad ki yikud ki yikud eish. So it's machlokes three way machlokes. According to Rabbi Yochanan, the word tachas kvodu means underneath the clothes they were burnt, but the clothes itself was not burnt. Um, Rab, um, and that's Rabbi Yochanan Lishitasu who says that the word for clothes is kvodu. That's how we describe our clothes, because that's what gives us honor. Then we have Rabbi Lazar, who says that he doesn't hold like that. He feels kvodo is the body, but it means that the body was 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 burnt, um, just the just the body, and not the clothes itself. Um, so practical, there is no difference between Rabbi Lazar and um, and Rabbi Yochanan. Then we saw the shita of Rav Shmuel Bar Nachmeni, who says that uh, that actually it wasn't even the kvodo means the body, but it wasn't the body that was burnt; it was the uh, the neshama that was burnt, like the sreifa that happened to uh, Nadav and Avihu, where just their souls were taken and burnt from inside of themselves, but uh, their body itself remained intact, and that is the three shitas. Okay. We saw Rav Acha said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, talking about the idea of Shinu, the garden of changing clothes, where we see it in the Torah, and um, it's actually described in the Parsha of Hotzah's addition of the taking out of the ashes, because the idea is, is that uh, you wear different clothes when you take out the ashes than when you do the Avot in the base of Mikdash. And that's uh, based on an, a marshal that uh, the same clothes that you cook the food in is not the clothes that you serve the food in, right? Um, because it doesn't have the same appeal if you're dressed like that. That's why you want the waiters dressed neatly. The cook, obviously, who's cooking is going to get messy, but that's uh, that's the difference. Next thing we talked about is Rav Chibar Abba, the name of Rabbi Yochanan, that it's, uh, that it's actually shameful for a Talmud Chacham to, uh, to go out with worn shoes. Okay, the problem is Rav Acha did, and he was a Talmud Chacham. So Rav Acha of Nachman explains that it depends. Worn is relative. It means very worn out, where there was a patch on top of the patches. That's how he explains it. Now Rav Chibar Abbas and Rav another statement that a Talmud Chacham that has, that has a stain on his shirt, like a grease stain on his shirt, that's Chayv Misa because it's actually causing people to dislike what it is to be a Torah scholar. You want to look nice as a Torah scholar that would be appealing to people. That's a very interesting concept, but that's what, that's what, uh, that's what the quotes the Pasuk. Um, it's machlokas, whether the word, it seems like it's machlokas, because the word revav means a piece of fat or oil, grease thing. But revad is a different thing, and ravina is a gears of revad, which means a stain from a bodily emission, which is a much more embarrassing type of stain. And that's what the problem is. 
And uh, it's not really a machlokas, they're talking about different garments, the outer garment and the inner garment. Okay. Next we saw is Rav Chir Bar Abba, the name of Yochanan, is that when the Pesach says, my servant Yeshayo went, Arum V'yachef, he didn't really mean Arum V'yachef, he meant as if he is not clothed, because he wore worn out clothing, and Yachef is as if he was barefoot, because he was wearing worn shoes. Okay, um, now, as far as Chatzitza goes, it's interesting, as far as Chatzitza goes, um, we said that if there's a if there's a grease stain on the um, on the, uh, the the saddle the donkey saddle, so that would create a chatzitza and it can't go into the mikvah until you clean it out. Rishon Gamliel says no, it has to be a certain size, the size of an Italian iser, but on regular clothes, one size is not a chatzitza. Only when it goes through and through is it a chatzitza. So, um, Rabbi Yudha says the name of Mishmal, even one side is a chatzitza. Now, the question that Rabbi Shem ben Lakish is, is that he asked Rabbi Hanin, he says, you didn't describe whether the, the, the fat stain on the, on the Bardas is a, it needs to be a through and through stain to be a chatzitza, or even on one side. So, he says, I don't know the answer, but I heard something similar, because Rabbi Yossi says that there's a difference between Banayin and a boar. A banoin, they, even a stain on one side is problem. But a boar is a stain only if it goes through and through. Um, now, what does that, what does that show you? It shows that an amaretz, a stain has to be through and through to create a problem. So this amaretz shirt shouldn't be worse than the donkey saddle. People are not more makbid on the saddle of the donkey than they are on their own clothes. So therefore, if on their own clothes it's only a problem when it's through and through, therefore that would also be the case for the Mardas shouldn't be more chamer than that. And then we ask, what is a banayin? What does that mean? So Rabbi Yochanan says, that's a tamidah chacham. Tamidah chacham, not allowed to have the stain on their shirt, even on only one side. And then we saw Rabbi Yochanan define a tamid chacham for these things. He says that there's a certain level of tamid chacham that's necessary to return a lost object. And that is if he's makbid to keep his clothes on the right direction. Meaning he wouldn't wear his undershirt inside out. He, uh, um, so that's one idea. Um, number two, a Tamil Chacham to be position of leadership, he has to be able to answer, uh, you ask him Allah on any area, and he will tell it to you. Even if it's a, 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 not, a not common subject that people are familiar with. Okay. Um, brings us to the next thing. Um, and Rabbi Yochanan says that the people have to support him. It is where he leaves his own endeavors and involves himself in Chefze Shemayim in, 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 Torah, in Torah area. Um, and that's only if uh, it's interesting, the support is limited to his basic needs. Not to, no, not to make him um, wealthy, but just to, to, that he should have bread on the table. Next we saw is Rabbi Yochanan said that Tamil uh, Chacham is somebody who you ask a question, anything, and he answers it. And, um, and the question is, what, to, depending on the level, that's depending on the position. So um, if he's knowledgeable in one area, meaning the area that he's studying, he's focused on and he's able to answer, but in other areas he's not clear, so then um, he's worthy to be position of authority in, in the town that he's in. 
but not for everywhere. But if he's not knowledgeable in everywhere, then he belongs, to, deserves to be Beresh Mesifta, at the head of the institution. Okay, the yeshiva. Next, we saw Shem Lakish, who disagrees with what Banoin means. It's not referring to Talmud Chavim. It's referring to bathhouses. And he's saying that the bathhouses, those clothes in the bathhouses, they're the ones that need to be, they're extra particular. And even the stain on one side will create a chatzitza. Now, the question is, that implies that these clothes that they wear, that they give you when you come out of the bath, is white. Problem is that we saw a source that Rabbi told his sons, don't bury me in white clothes because I don't want to be, because what if I end up in Gehenim? I don't want to be the only one dressed in white, uh, like a chasan beina avela. And if I'm dressed in black and I end up getting lucky and being meritorious and then I end up in the heaven, I don't want to be the only one wearing black. So give me something that's like a little, goes in either direction. And this way I'm playing it safe. That's what he said. He said, Sounds like that the color is an in-between color between white and black, it's not, it's like red, but it's not white. So the Gemara explains, you're right, there's two parts of the clothes of the alignment. There's the undergarment and the overgarment. One of them is white and the other one is colored. Okay. Next topic we talked about is um, folding the clothes on, on Shabbos. So we saw that uh, according to Rabbi Shmuel, you're even allowed to make your bed from Yom Kippur to prepare it for Shabbos. Now the question is, This is, um, oh, so we saw that there's actually machlokis between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva in this area in terms of preparation from Yom Kippur to Shabbos, Shabbos to Yom Kippur. Basically, it goes back to the Pasuk of Olas Shabbos Bishabato. So that line is teaching us something that uh, basically that the Chalofim of Shabbos, according to Rabbi Yochanan, I mean, according to Rabbi Shmuel, the, uh, the, the uh, Chalofim, the Korbono, the Korbon, uh, which is brought in the afternoon, is allowed to be burnt even on even into the night, which is already Yom Kippur, if Yom Kippur comes out on Sunday. It's brought even on Yom Kippur. That's the Chiddush of Rabbi Shmuel. And, uh, but what about Yom Kippur that comes out on a Friday? Can I burn its Tomit Shalbein also on Shabbos? That, he says, no, that's not the case. And that's learned from the Pasuk of Ola Shabbos Bishabato that for Shabbos has the power to be brought even if, even on the Sunday, no matter what day it is, even if it's a Yom Kippur. But from Yom Kippur to Shabbos, not. Okay, that's Shittas for Bishmot. Kiva says that the Ola of Shabbos for Shabbos teaches us that the Chalavim of Shabbos can be burnt on Yom Tif. If Sunday comes out to be a Yom Tif, you're allowed to burn, bring the carbon, burn the carbon Tamid, Shalbein Prime on Yom Tif. That's the only thing that you're allowed to do. According to uh, so what's the core machlokas, core dispute between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva? Core dispute is, are you allowed to bring nidarim, nidavos on Yom Tov or not? Meaning, can I bring voluntary karbanos on Yom Tov? Do we say yes, because after all, it's a heter of ochel nefesh, and we extend it even to karbanos? Or do we say, no, it's, uh, you can't bring private person's karban, you have to wait till cholamoy to bring the private person's karban. It's machlokas. If you hold that you are allowed to, so then I would not need a special puzzle to tell you that I can burn the chalavim of Shabbos on Yom Tif. I'm allowed to do a lot of, I'm allowed to bring karbonos on Yom Tif anyway. Even voluntary karbonos I'm allowed to bring on Yom Tif. Kol I should be allowed to burn an obligatory karbon 
from Shabbos on the next day that's Yom Tif. That I don't need a Makar for that anymore. According to, if that's how you hold, then the only thing the Pasuk is extending Shabbos for is to tell you for Yom Kippur. And then we'd see a difference between Yom Kippur to Shabbos versus Shabbos to Yom Kippur. As opposed to Rabbi Kiva's position, his position is, is that you're not allowed to bring the Dharma and on Yom Tif. You have to wait to Cholomoyed, if that's the case. So I need a, a, a first source to tell you that you can bring the Shabbos carbon of Tamish Ben Arbaim on Yom Tif. And that's what the Pasuk first telling me. And therefore, Yom Kippur, whether Shabbos Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur to Shabbos, there's not going to be a difference. There is no Mekor that that's allowed, acceptable, and therefore I'm not going to be allowed to burn the carbon Tamish Ben Arbaim on, on Yom, Yom Kippur that comes out on a Sunday, or uh, vice versa, for Yom Kippur to Shabbos also is not acceptable. That's the Shittas, Rabbi Kiva, and that's the Machlokis. On that, Rabbi Zera said that uh, when I was in Bavel, we used to say the Brisa that, uh, that when Yom Kippur comes out on a Friday, there was no Tkiah. We didn't blow Tkiahs to indicate that Shabbos is coming. And on Matzah Shabbos, they didn't do Avdallah if it's going into Yom Kippur. And we thought that's going with different alcohol, that everybody agrees to that. It's not something that's subject to dispute. Everybody's on the same page as far as that goes. What happened was, we came to Eretz Yisrael, and I met up with Reb Yudah, the son of Reb Shimon Pazi, and he was saying that actually this quote is only according to Rabbi Kiva. Because only Rabbi Kiva says that there's no differentiation between Yom Kippur and Shabbos in stringency. You're not allowed to bring Karbanos from Shabbos on Yom Kippur or Yom Kippur on Shabbos, and therefore that's why there's no reason to do Tkiah. Um, but according to Rabbi Shmuel, since I'm allowed to bring the Chalavim of Shabbos on Yom Kippur, so I should blow Shoifa from Yom Kippur to Shabbos to show that Yom Kippur is on a lower level than Shabbos. And this will teach me this Halacha. That is what they said in Eretz Yisrael. Says uh, Reb Zera, but well, my response was is that there's no, you don't need any shofar blowing for kahanim in general. Kahanim's reasoning, as we know, kahanim are very careful. They're very um, on on the ball, and they take care of things and they do things right, and they know the halachas, and they're not good. They're, they're, the shofar blowing is anyway never for them, and therefore we don't need any reminder. What the what's uh, what is or is not allowed from Yom Kippur to Shabbos Shabbos Yom Kippur, so um, that's what that's what I said. Now, Mark Shisha Breder of Chizda said to Rav Ashi, "Is that really true that we say Kanam Zrizmin? But we know that we do blow shofar in the Beis Hamikdash every Friday afternoon. Why are we blowing in the Beis Hamikdash? Kanam Zrizmin. You see that they need a reminder. So the says, "No, it's not for them. It's uh, like we find it's." Uh, the, the shofar blowing that was done in the Beis Hamikdash was not for the Kanem. They were very careful. It was only for the people, the rest of the people in Yerushalayim. They blew shofar for them that they should hear that Shabbos is coming. So, the question then brought us to is a different question. Is that even according to everybody, okay, when there is, there is, there's still a leniency in Yom Kippur that we do not find by Shabbos. What is that? Something called Kenivas Yerek. Kenivas Yerek is where they, it's, a, it's basically a, a, a process where they cut up the vegetables um, and it's a preparation. And um, you're allowed to do that specific, specifically in Yom Kippur from Mincha in the afternoon, preparing for after the fast. And you're allowed to cut vegetables, even though normally you're not allowed to prepare from 
Shabbos or Yom Tif for afterwards, but it's a special exception for Yom Kippur that they allowed it because it, we'll see, and, and we didn't really get there yet, but we'll see that the idea is that you want to have an extra Inui Nefesh um, on Yom Kippur, and this adds to the Inui, if after Mincha, when it's time, almost time to eat, and you're still not allowed to eat, that adds to your Inui, and that's why it's, it, it's allowed. Now, um, only from Mincha and onwards. So, why wouldn't we blow Shofar? To show that there's that leniency in Yom Kippur that's not on Shabbos. Because such a thing would not be allowed on Shabbos, really, for preparation for after Shabbos. So, basically, the reason is, we saw two reasons. First was Rav Yosef's reasons, because we're not doche a shvus, which is blowing shofar is really rabbinically um, prohibited. You're not allowed to blow shofar on Yom Tif or Shabbos ever, really. It's an exception. The rabbi, it, that's Midr Abbanan, the rabbis withheld it for, very, for important reasons. Not to tell you that something's mutter. So therefore, to blow shofar on Yom Kippur, to indicate that, that Yom Kippur is more lenient than Shabbos, when, when, Motsi, when afternoon of Yom Kippur entering Shabbos, if, it's, if Yom Kippur comes out on a Friday, that's, not, that's the shvus lahatir. That's coming to tell you that, by the way, if, if Yom Kippur comes out, there's a difference between Yom Kippur and Shabbos, then Yom Kippur, you're allowed to do this. That's one reason. Rav Shisha Breda Ravidi says a different shot that the, the difference is, is that the only time that you're allowed to blow, to, that the rabbis withheld their prohibition of, of, a, of, a, of a not blowing shofar is if it's something that's immediate. Over here, there's no preparation for When you're blowing shofar, that's only going to tell me that when Yom Kippur comes out on the Matzah Shabbos, you'd be allowed to. Um, or Yom Kippur in general, you'd be allowed to do a Knevis Yerik. But at this point, with this juncture, it's not teaching you that. Um, you know, because it's not relevant for this year. <laughs> okay, because all it teaches you is that Shabbos is more stringent than Yom Kippur. That doesn't tell you till next Yom Kippur that, oh, there's some leniency, which is this Knevis Yerik that you're allowed to do on Yom Kippur, not on Shabbos. So that's the second answer. Now, the Gemara says that that answer of Rav Shishabri Davidi, there's a question on it. Because since when is Shvus Krova um, Motor? Uh, we have a Mishnah that says that when Yom Tov comes out on Friday, you do blow Shofar, but you don't do Abdallah from Yom Tov to Shabbos. There's no Abdallah in Davening or in Kiddush. And on Motzah Shabbos, you do Abdallah, and you don't blow Shofar if Yom, Kip, if Yom Tov is going to come out. You don't need to blow Shofar in, in preparation of Yom Tov. Question is why not? If it's for shvus, that we do shvus for permission, permitted activities. There is going to be a permitted activity as soon as Yom Tov kicks in. I'm allowed to start shechting an animal to eat the animal because you're allowed to do ochal nefesh. So that's an, an immediate need for right now in Yom Tov. So why wouldn't we blow shofar for that? Obviously, Rav Yosef's answer is correct that we never do a shvus. We never matir a rabbinic ordinance just to tell you that something is permissible. If it's to tell you that's something to to warn you against doing a prohibited activity, that makes sense. But if it's telling you that something's permissible, that's not a re- that's not a reason. Now, so um, next we saw Rav Zera said the name Rav Huna and other sages of Abba the name Rav Huna. Then when Yom Kippur comes out on Shabbos, so it's both Yom Kippur and Shabbos. So we saw their opinion is is that you're not that since it's Shabbos too you're not allowed to do the Kniva Yerik anymore, because that's preparation for Chol. 
and you're not allowed to prepare on Shabbos for Chol. And uh, we brought a source for that also, because it says that Yom Kippur that comes down on Shabbos, how do you know it's Asr B'Knivis? Yeah, because the Pesach says Shabbosom, it's a Shvos, and by Shabbos is an extra measure of Shvos. Now, it can't mean don't do Malacha, because there's a separate Pesach of Los Asr Malacha. Obviously, there's an extra measure of stop refraining from activity on Shabbos that's not mentioned in Malacha, and that must be Knivis Yerek, which fits into our understanding. Um, on that, we saw Rav Chibar Abba disagrees, and he says in the name of Rav Yochanan that when Yom Kippur comes out on Shabbos, you're still allowed to do Knivis Yerek. How do we fit it in with that source that says Shabbosom? It's to tell you a different thing, that there's an Asay and a Losasay on uh, on, on, on refraining from uh, Malacha on Shabbos. Both there's an Isra say of Shabbosom and a Lav of Losasa Malacha, but not to come to tell you anything about Knivis Yerek according to Rav, uh, according to Rabbi Yochan. And that is as far as we got to. We didn't make it to the end of the page. So we're going to start from here on the Tanya Kavasi, the Rabbi Yochanan, at the bottom of the page.